0: Hello, and welcome back to Eventide Radio, a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of perspectives. I'm your host, Rob, and with me today are our co-hosts, Robbie and Will. Uh, Scotty is unfortunately out today, but he will be returning next week. Uh, To preview our topics today, we're going to be talking about our thoughts on the cutscene that we saw this past week and kind of the the end-of-the-season wrap-up, exotic armor changes from the TWAB, uh, and then predictions and hopes for sandbox changes that will be uh, announced next week. Um, So before we dive in, uh, does anyone have anything fun that they'd like to share that they did in Destiny this week? Um, Any cool drops that they got or anything like that? Robbie, you got anything?
1: I helped a couple people, you know, Vault of Glass, and uh, it was fun getting people to see the Vex drop and their reactions. I started recording them. So that's been fun. Just, you know, like I guess people playing catch up at the end of the season, it makes sense. Uh yeah, I don't know. I just I've just been having fun helping
2: people out mostly.
0: Cool. Will, I saw that you were playing comp the other night. Did you get anything fun from that? Did you get the, the Mida catalyst yet? No, I no. stopped
2: at like 4600. I just got it. Don't really, if
0: I get it, I get it. I'm not
2: really too worried about it. I'm just playing for fun at this point. That's cool.
0: Um, and I don't think I really got anything spectacular. I've mainly just kind of gone into autopilot. I'm trying to get some bounties done for the beginning of the next season. Uh, and I'm still trying to run Vault of Glass three times a week, uh, in hopes of getting the godforsaken Vexmith the class and it's not dropping so uh, still in the bitter barn about that if you will um, okay so let's uh, dive into the first topic so this week on Tuesday we got kind of the the epilogue if you will um, to Season of the Splicer uh, we got to do kind of the final expunge uh, and that was in the uh, area of the encampment where the, the Fallen had been hanging out um, and so it was kind of a neat change of pace. Uh, and then afterwards, we got a pretty cool cutscene uh, that had some reveals and some interesting kind of dynamics. Uh, some We had some laughs and some cheers and uh, someone died and uh, some other things like that. I guess we'll just say, you know, spoiler warning when we're having a conversation about it. So, uh, Will, what was your thoughts on the cutscene?
2: It's um, pretty cool. I haven't really paid too much attention to the story throughout the season, but like any kind of cinematic that Bunch usually makes is really dope. So, I mean, like more of those, the better, in my opinion. But, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. And then Cyrus at the end is super sus.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Robbie, what about you? What did you think of the cutscene? Oh, uh, just to clarify,
1: though, it, it wasn't override. It wasn't an expunge.
0: Oh, did I say expunge? I'm yeah. sorry. Thank so it was an
1: override you. and uh, that was, I like... At first, uh, after I finished it, I was expecting maybe an expunge, and I'll explain why. Um, but I thought the, the place was nice. Like I, the one I liked the most before this one was the Moon. I think the context, you know, was pretty cool compared to other ones. And this one was like a really nice arena to fight on, and right. it felt like really fast-paced, and the enemies were kind of cool. There were like a lot of bigger guys this time around. So that was interesting. And you know, once we got it done, we got that cutscene, and uh, I liked it. I, I love when they have like this kind of cutscenes in the game, uh, as short as you know as they can be sometimes. But uh, yeah, some some points here that I would like to bring up is like so um, Saint, right? He has the Saint's helmet. He never used his bubble at all, not once. They were like having all these issues with the enemies, and he never used any abilities. And then a Cora comes in. And, like, a good Warlock somehow has her super up already and uses it straight away just as she shows up. So, Saint, you're slacking, man. Um, maybe that's the Titan thing, you know, Titans being Titans. Uh, but, yeah, that, that stood out for me <laughs> like, uh, really heavily. And then, yeah, I don't know, the ending, I mean, maybe you want to share what you thought about it first before we discuss that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um... I, I agree, like anytime that we get cutscenes, it's always exciting and kind of fun um, and definitely kind of a neat um, conclusion, right? Like we went from kind of a, a a pretty, you know, interesting beginning of the season where there's this kind of like interesting dynamic. Like, do we trust the fallen? And then it's kind of cool to see like the vanguard fighting alongside them and trying to protect them from kind of like, we'll say a greater evil Uh, Being the Vex and kind of the idea that the Vex actually made it all the way to like the last city and kind of started, uh, you know, a mini invasion uh, was kind of awesome and exciting. Uh, I will say I did read a couple posts that kind of people were hoping that it would, you know, and obviously you can't have any kind of expectations or, you know, you know, you never want to get your hopes up, but it would have been, you know, maybe a little more exciting or interesting if it was kind of framed more like, the red war campaign where you're actually like taking back part of the city from the Vex. Cause they've like taken it over. Um, but instead, you know, we just did like an override mission, not expunge. Um, and, uh, overall I thought it was cool. I, I, I like that. It's another locale to, to do the, the engagements. And yeah, it was probably better than some of the other, um uh, maps. Like I'm not big on the Europa version of that, um, you know, variant. Uh so it was kind of fun to to do one like in the last city and it's kind of neat for them to kind of continue to reuse the the last kind of fight area of uh the scourge of the past raid. Uh so it's just like an excuse to kind of have, you know, have fights and engagements in in parts of, that we've already kind of played through. So that was kind of fun. Um definitely the the cutscene was was pretty awesome and satisfying to watch. So that that's kind of my opinions on it.
1: The fact that it was an override, though, yeah, and that this is why I was expecting maybe an X punch or something afterwards. Is I thought all the overrides from before were simulations, but this one supposed to have been real, right?
0: I believe so, but I guess that's kind of like the is maybe that's the whole thing is like the 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 line between simulations and reality are like blurred, and like the Vex are actually here. In the last city, and and starting to invade, uh, so I think that's the idea. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's kind of an interesting thought that you had, but I'm not totally sure.
1: Did you see the friendly harpy?
0: Uh, no, but I've I've heard about that, and I guess like if you translate it to Morse code, it says like assistant or whatever, so it's supposed to be uh, Asher Mir. I guess is like that's kind of the conclusion that people have drawn which is kind yeah. of cool. I guess people have found ways to kill him, too. Uh, oh. like you can, like, push him off the edge and stuff like that, I, I guess. but
1: That's kind of funny.
0: Yeah.
1: And about the ending, uh, well, I don't know what you guys thought, but, I mean, I was already not trusting this guy, Osiris, because he felt a bit, you know, suspicious to me. And uh, I avoided most of the spoilers from data mining and all that thing, but, like, yeah, I... I okay i i already expected him to be a bit you know on the fence about what is he with us or 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 not really osiris or whatever is going on but the fact that they did this cliffhanger again just brought me back to last season where you know they they tried to kill um well they tried to kill the ghost of uh, zavala and and they don't but then they were like gonna on these guys down, and then kind of nothing happened, so I felt like I had no you know conclusion to that story still. And I thought maybe right. something would happen this season, which it didn't. And now this happens again, and we still have no conclusion about uh Osiris's intentions or alliances or you know what's going on there. So, I mean, pretty cool. I, I liked it. The end of the season was nice, uh, a bit short, but most. Mostly, I feel like that, like Oney because I feel like I got no conclusion.
0: Yeah, no, i I agree with you. Um, I am kind of assuming uh that all of kind of these events are going to culminate into next season, and I, I'm assuming there's going to be some kind of like tie-in from each of the events that happen, right? Because like you had you had Osiris's ghost get killed in the first season and all the, kind of the introduction of Crow, and then, and then now you, yeah, you had the assassination attempt on Zavala, and then now you have this, where, like, Osiris is being kind of sketch. So I'm assuming that they purposely left a little bit of, like, cliffhanger-y stuff on each season, uh, and then it'll all hopefully, theoretically, make sense uh this upcoming season, and we'll maybe get some kind of, like, answers to some of these questions that we've had. Because I agree with you. Like, there, there wasn't, like, you would expect an investigation after the attempt on Zavala, like, you know, who was involved? Was there any conspirators on, like, the Vanguard side or in, in the city? And there wasn't really, a, I would say, like, a satisfying conclusion to that. And then we've gone a whole season now without getting any updates on that. But I'm assuming that it will have, it will kind of all play into something in the next season. So.
2: Right.
0: Unless- and didn't they say that factions are gone? Yes um, Like currently yeah, so that's uh we can talk about that a little bit because i'm a little I'm a little peeved and and disappointed, um because i I was in the boat uh hoping that we'd get some kind of return of factions. I know they basically said faction rallies uh are never going to be a thing again, which to be honest, I'm okay with. I kind of hated them um because it, like I hated the idea of like just feeling like I needed to rush and grind and farm for tokens for like a week. Uh, just to try to get, like, a couple of weapons or, like, the main weapon that was there. Um, And I I much would rather have gone back to some kind of system uh, that we had in D1 instead. Um, But now it's, like, kind of the nail in the coffin that we're not going to get any kind of uh, faction system moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, I guess it's good because then people will stop asking about it. But at the same time, it's just kind of a bummer because it's, like, another thing that's, like, I would say part of Destiny's identity as a whole, like when you look at like, what are all the cool things that kind of make up this game? And that Factions is definitely something that really resonated a lot in D1 because they had cool class items and the shaders that were associated with them and some of the ships and and, and some of the most memorable weapons are from from the Factions, uh, at least in the case of, of Destiny 1. And then in Destiny 2, they kind of, they revamped the mechanic and then it was kind of received negatively. And then they've just kind of like dropped it off and now it's like like i said it's just it feels like it's a part of destiny's identity that's kind of being lost um and that that bums me out um and so i i'm i'm pretty pretty like sad about that but you know we'll see what they decide to do with it and like it's not like a rock jalal and uh oh what's the new monarchies guy guy's name i um anyway oh executor Hideo Hideo? yeah Yeah. it's not like they're gone gone. yeah um I just know he's he's the voice actor of uh of Harry from from Dexter um I like that actor he's just in like Warriors anyway side side tangent um but uh yeah I mean they basically said they're gonna like go away but like they're not gone it's just you know they're maybe this is a, a way to kind of restructure it even more so we'll see what happens um but the idea of of Lakshmi getting like nuked is is kind of funny and awesome. So uh, I wish could have seen that, though. I don't know why, like, we just spawn in and then she's just laying there. Like, I was kind of like, OK, like, yeah, I'll
2: build up of that. And then we don't actually get to mm-hmm. get involved in or see it or know what happened. So I don't know. Again, uh, no, I do
1: like I that character really brought out some you know really tough discussions uh on reddit and in other places like I, don't know, I think giving her a moment would have been just not good like i think for most people like yeah maybe you would feel like you're know, like daisy on process rejoice it would i mean it would have been fun to see her you know be gone. but at the same time i don't think she deserved even that so uh, that, that.
0: so i almost wonder if like maybe if they had like had her killed on screen maybe it would have been perceived kind of negatively like oh it's kind of a dark maybe like maybe that's the way and like because the, the voice recording was actually pretty like shocking in terms of like oh like that's yeah she's she's done for but um i don't know i i just I'm feel like that's how
1: and and we don't want her to stand for anything
2: you know what i mean
0: yeah, that's fair. Were we asking Will about Cade? and Cade get fried on screen? Yeah, but they I mean he got what he got mashed in the face with like a a mace morningstar weapon and then I think technically the the him getting shot was it's not shown. it was not it was not shown. And mm-hmm. then same when when we talked Aldrin when we I put in air quotes because it could have been us or or uh Petra Vins, like that faded to black too. So I don't know if it's kind of a You know, are they are they running the risk of like entering rated M territory if they show a a a robot lady getting murdered on screen? I don't know, Um, but I'm not saying like show you know her getting blasted, but I'm just saying like at
2: least some kind of I don't know like cut scene or something to see like what the buildup was and
0: then go to black or something. Yeah, I just yeah, I agree.
2: She's dead. It's kind of like oh okay,
0: like it would have been cool to see her like open the portal and like the the look on her face when like a bunch of Vex like poured out and just started like vaporizing her I I agree it would have been kind of neat to see um, but I I'm, I'm wondering if that's maybe the reason they just didn't uh, to save some face in terms of like negative perception I don't know but uh, it was intriguing I I I kind of like that the direction that they're going um, you know it's always kind of interesting when they decide to kill not to say that L- Lakshmi are, like, the faction people are, like, major, major characters in the story. Um, but, you know, it was, like, it was a huge deal, obviously, when Cade 6 was killed. Uh, and then to have, like, a character like Lakshmi, Lakshmi, where, I mean, they've been in the game since the very, very beginning. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of lore around Future War Cult. And, and, you know, she helped us get no time to explain the first time around in, in Destiny 1. So, like, to have a character like that kind of killed off is kind of interesting um, as like a choice for like the direction that they're taking the story. So, she probably got side shotgunned. That's why they're getting nerfed again. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the cutscene?
1: Not really. I just honestly like now that I'm done with the whole thing, I know that obviously seasons are more like front sided. So we get a lot of stuff at the beginning, and it starts to you right. know, uh, slow down. But I feel like, well, since I started playing and not the expansions or anything, because the campaigns and stuff, of course, they're built uh, in a certain way or whatever. But uh, the seasons, I feel like they're really going in the right direction with storytelling. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really engaged and I'm really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I, yeah, it's uh, I agree that it is always kind of still feels front loaded at the beginning of the season. Uh, But I will say it is kind of nice that there's at least a reason to log in the last couple of weeks. Like, you know, if if you've kind of done all the prepping, you've run all the GMs you're going to run, you've got everything you've wanted to get. And you're kind of like, you know, we talked about this a week or two ago of like, what do you do between seasons? Uh, You know, and do you play other games or, you know, do you finish up other bounties and things like that or or quests? Uh, And this is like, okay, at least there's a reason to log in. Oh, we get a new um, override mission location. Oh, we get a cool cutscene. Like at least it kind of caps off the end of the season and does allow you to get some kind of like, we'll say conclusion to it, uh, and that it it does kind of feel like a standalone story, even though obviously there's kind of a, a cliffhanger with with Osiris and and kind of like obviously it's building up to the next season, uh, but it certainly is nice when they do something like this. Um, yeah, I guess and, if I think about it like chapters,
1: yeah, you know, like you're saying, yeah, that 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 definitely makes sense.
2: Yep. Yeah. Oh, I have a really quick question. Sorry. Yeah, to yeah, no, no off, go but, for it. No. Um, so the fallen dude was like the main guy this season. What's his name? Mithrax. Mithrax. So he, is he the same guy that gave us the outbreak? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. Well, and that's. That longer than they tied him in.
0: Well, he's been around technically longer than that, right? Because there was a, an adventure from Vanilla Destiny 2 where you were on Titan and you had to save him from a, a, a hive knight. And I think you can, you can choose to kill him, but if you let him live, he like kind of looks at you and nods and then like teleports away. The Rat King mission? Um, it might have Me been. Me and My Enemy or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that that's was part the same of guy. It. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. That's sick. I like yeah. that. That's so, sick. so and that's the whole thing is like, I guess when you're first doing the Outbreak Perfected uh, mission, if you had let him live. Then you could immediately have access to that otherwise you'd have to do the adventure over and i guess like let him live or something like that I'm trying to remember what the exact circumstances were but yeah basically if you would let him live it it kind of fast-tracked you a little bit um to start that and then yeah when you do the outbreak mission and that that uh that captain first teleports in and like slices that dreg that's immune for some reason that's him um so yeah he's part of what the house of light and all that and and so it's kind of cool yeah that there's been this throughput since destiny 2's kind of beginning that he's been this character that's like always there um so it's definitely intriguing and 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 certainly yeah all of these these story elements kind of all tying in together are very awesome so the storytelling
2: this season was incredible like it had, like even somebody like me who's not really super invested in it they still did a great job and like right I don't know. I kept on. I mean, like, I don't really pay attention to that stuff, but I still like have an interest now, like in what happens and right where we're going from here, because it's it's going down. Like, it's kind of crazy. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like it's converging to something like grand. Uh, right, and I even even just kind of fun little touches, like in the Expunge mission. If you were doing the corrupted ones, like at the top left of the screen, there was like little messages that would pop up, like "I see you" or "You have no power here." It's just like just oh, yeah. kind of the the attention to like little detail like that this whole season has been i would say phenomenal in terms of like engaging in in gameplay and story and just like again there's a reason to log in every week and and do something and th- to be honest the seasons have been doing pretty well on that for the last year or so in general just all the the things that they've been adding so i i'm i'm definitely excited about next season and then you know which uh the the ex- expansion next year is definitely going to be uh, exciting hopefully
1: yeah if i gotta say one thing negative that i've heard from other people and sure. i'm gonna say like this is kind of not what i feel because i feel like overrides and expunges are way more fun that, than battlegrounds were because those ones felt like strikes like a bit shorter strikes but they took yeah. forever to, to do like and do all the dailies and whatever you had to do in the week. And these ones are, you know, shorter and still fun, and there's all other stuff to do. But the complaint I heard the most about it from clanmates from and, like, even a couple of guys who, like, literally skipped the season almost all together, uh, just came back to the Vault of Glass a couple of times, and I was hit, was that I don't like Gambit. Why am I forced... Why am I being forced to play Little gambits like, so much every week? And I oh, understand my point, uh, you know, so if you dislike it that much, yeah, maybe this season was like gambit feeling. But I, I, really didn't feel like it was, you know, gambit because honestly, and and yeah, you can be that guy because there's those guys all the time. But like, if you don't want to pick up modes and just kill things, just don't pick up modes. Right. You know what I mean? So that option's always there, and uh, yeah. But that was the the biggest complaint I heard, you know, throughout the season was was that it was it was too much gambit.
0: Yeah, but so so i i understand that kind of like comparison um but you know in in terms of you can't overcomplicate a six-man match made activity uh like they they've kind of done it in the past where uh god what season was it where like the orbs would drop at, when when you had to protect him and then you had to like throw him at the middle kind of battery uh people were not doing well with that. And that was like barely a step up in terms of like complexity. I'm doing air quotes around complexity, Uh, complexity of the mechanics. And uh, that was not received very well. So it's, I think the idea is it's like, well, we can't just have you outright just slay enemies for 10 minutes. Like we have to have some kind of like mechanic to keep you engaged because otherwise people will complain that all you're doing is just like playing like a, like a firefight game mode where you're just killing things. Um, and they've, uh, if you've, you never played the Menagerie, Robbie, but um, the 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 mix of game modes that they had in that, in terms of like complexity of mechanics, uh, was pretty cool. Uh, and it shows that they can get pretty creative in terms of like kind of limited assets that they need to use in order to have like, do something to progress some bar. So that way you can progress to the next thing, like they've shown that they can kind of develop and and expand upon that in in interesting ways that don't make it overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it comes to these kind of seasonal activities that are in these public spaces and it's a six man social activity, they're not going to ever really do much more than picking up moats and dumping them somewhere uh, because I think I think people lose interest if you're dependent on uh, random match-made characters to play with, and they just can't understand the mechanic, even if it's something as simple as picking up a ball and throwing it at a marker that tells you to throw it at. Like, it, I think it's just, they they probably look at the numbers and just see, like, okay, this has the the best turnaround in terms of, like, success rate versus some of those other uh, yeah. activities. And so, like, I don't mind it. Um, I, I do wish that the enemy density was a little bit higher. That and in that aspect, it does feel kind of gambit-y. And I, you know, I don't do too many of those activities at a time because it feels kind of stale. So yeah, I it get too, it too,
1: but that's the thing I feel myself as well. Like, for example, at the beginning of the season, uh, you had these triumphs, right? To go kill or stun champions in overrides and stuff. So I could go through the portal a lot, like every chance I would get. Um but then I kind of stopped doing it because the people I was playing with needed that. So then I, you know, I was a guy who stays outside.
2: Right. Um,
1: but then some things like I remember the first day or two, like when, when those little oracles popped up and like most people didn't know what to do, which was like shoot the red one. Right. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't that obvious at the beginning that people were like, OK, so what do we do now? And I remember literally one time I was like, OK, I'm going to go, I don't know, grab a glass of water. I, I come back. And they're still doing that because no one figured it out. Right. Uh, so that was kind of funny. But that one became obvious pretty quick for, for everybody. But then there's things like like the big mode that when you go through the portal, come out. Sometimes you come out with it, and like if people deposited enough modes, the thing blocks and then you can't put it in. So you know, some things like that is like really not like how many modes do we need to put in? Do we need that thing? Do we don't need that thing? Uh, And the other question I have about that, mechanic-wise, I mean, just talking about this, uh, once you're at the boss's room, you know that guy, like the, how how is he told? There's a guy that drops uh, data. He's like uh,
0: Oh, the goblin, yeah, the treasure goblin, yeah.
1: And and he's not there all the time. Right. Like, he's there sometimes, and I, I feel like at the beginning of the season, he was there more often. And then people started to theorize, like, okay, so maybe if we deposit, if we deposit these big ones, like more often or like a certain amount, then maybe we make him spawn, or like, what's the thing that we must accomplish to have him be there? And I think that was never solved. So maybe just random, like entirely, you know, random. I yeah. But yes, yeah, so, so that was the thing. Like, I think some things were super easy, like kill things, put moats in. Okay, fine, everybody knows how to do that. But then some other mechanics were like, eh, like, you know, maybe that's what makes some people like just stay there and slay things because that's just the easy, easy thing to do, right? Put moats in, that's it.
0: No, I, I, you're definitely not wrong. Um, I would say though, so I, in regards to the 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 treasure goblin. Um, I think that's more of a, and I I could be wrong about this, I know it exists in Diablo 3, I don't know if Diablo 3 was the first place to do it, Um, but if you're in dungeons there, you will randomly have a goblin appear that's just full of treasure, and they're like really beefy in terms of health, Uh, and so sometimes you'll just kind of go rogue and try to like kill that thing, and it'll usually dump like a bunch of stuff. And so I think like that's kind of what it's a nod to again I don't know if Diablo was the first one to come up with that um but okay. that's kind of a thing that's in, in Diablo 3 where it's it's totally random uh there's I don't think there's any rhyme or reason of how to like trigger it and so I think that's all it was and it's just funny because it's a goblin like a vex goblin um but it drops a bunch of treasure in this kind of like odd dungeon so I think that's that's what it is it's just kind of a nod to to the that kind of mechanic Mm. um yeah no i I know what you're talking about like a lot of people were theorizing like how do we trigger it It, is there any way to like what's that
1: you i mean uh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no you're good so uh, the reason why i talk about that specifically is because like that kept us busy for like a long time at least my group of guys that we play together all the time right so we kept trying different things so like we were we were doing the overrides but we were not getting bored because we had like something to do So we're trying, okay, so what if we do this this time or this other thing next run and things like that. Then at some point we just kind of gave up on it. But I think it would have been fun if there was like this, you know, over the top mechanic that like if your team actually knows how to trigger it, you can go for it and trigger it. right? So if you go in with randoms, you can still do everything else. But then, if you are going in with like people who actually you know know this other like secret mechanic, then you have like something to aim for and be like, oh, we didn't get it this round, but we'll get it next round, right? So I I thought that would have been fun, but then again, uh, I guess it wasn't that way.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's valid, um, and yeah, you definitely bring up the the contrasting point of well, you actually did like you had a team of people that you went in and did it with. Whereas I think every override mission that I did this season was just match made, uh, and so I wasn't communicating with anybody. So um, yeah, certainly it's it's a neat idea uh, to to introduce things like that, and and certainly I, it'd be cool to see that kind of stuff in the future. Where yeah, you have if you can you know execute certain circumstances in like let's say a certain amount of time, or you kill a certain amount of enemies in a certain way, then yeah, you have like a higher higher likelihood of getting that goblin to appear or when he does appear, he's got like way, way, way more treasure loot or something like that, or he drops an exotic or something. That would be cool. Definitely. I, I, and that's kind of like interesting to see if they do anything like that in the future for sure. So, okay. So uh, overall I think our thoughts were pretty cool on the cut scene and just kind of the, the season in general. So uh, the next thing we want to talk about is the twap that came out on Thursday uh, discussed a bunch of changes that were coming to exotic armor pieces. Um, and then they talked a little bit about War mine cells. So we can talk about that as well. Um, I know we've kind of talked about mods in the past, but uh, I think for the most part, we'll focus primarily on the exotic armor changes. Um, I think the, the big kind of, you know, two things to discuss with this are uh, the super regen exotics all kind of got normalized so that they all... Um, Return no more than fifty percent, but then they also kind of raised up the 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 floor on that uh, to ultimately make it so you have a higher likelihood of getting at least fifty percent back. Um, and then they they picked out a couple of exotics from each uh, class and kind of reworked them and and you know made them probably arguably better in in I would say most aspects. Uh, but so, yeah, let's, let's kind of dive into that. And and what do you guys think about the, the super regen exotics kind of getting a rework? Let's start with you, Will.
2: Um, changes for PVP. The, um, the only thing I don't like about the PV changes are the ursas. So it's kind of my go-to for GMs, but again, like we'll find something else, but, um, and then, yeah, the geomags getting uh, obliterated in PVP was good. Really good to see. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you've, you've never been shy about being vocal about some guy running in a corner just to super up. <laughs> yeah, you're not even playing the game at that point. You're right.
2: just under a wall. So, you know, it's. Right, we'll find something next season that's cheesy, but for yeah. now, I, I'm, I'm okay with that change. Like, yeah, it's very welcomed.
0: Cool. And then uh, Storm Dancers Embrace getting that extra ability Oof. added. What do you guys think about that?
1: I wish I had a better role. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, like I think we talked about that one, like last week, maybe, like uh, it being a bit, you know, underwhelming of a super sometimes, uh, especially right. for high end content. And I, I feel like this is a good bump for that uh, right. subclass and uh, for that exotic for sure. Uh, I think a lot of people used to wear the crown, you know, when they were not on, on like if you were not using Geomax and chaos reach, you were wearing the crown. And right. so now I feel like the crown got like a because I know that it, it was nerfed before as well. So this is like the second big nerf he gets. And and the, these storm dances uh it's gonna be yeah, I actually expect that to be really good on GMs next season.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it that's kind of what I was thinking is is it might serve as a really good kind of ad clearing GMs because yeah, it's like every kill that you get, it does more damage um and the only i would still say the only thing that kind of worries me is you really have to like get in pretty close with with storm dancer um to get any kind of like you know to get that damage consistently on there, and it worries me that maybe you won't be as you know protected because you are gonna be out exposed so in that in that aspect it is very much like a high risk high reward mm-hmm. um so, I, yeah. not
1: all I, the times we need to be, like, super, like, I, I remember running, what was it, Warden of Nothing with you, and yeah. I was on the wrong subclass, <laughs> so oh, I right. didn't have my kills reach, right. even though I was wearing my Geomax, I didn't have, I didn't even have this exotic on, and and we still managed to melt the boss with That's me on, on, like, a soft power subclass at the time, so if this gets buffed, uh, you know, especially on these bosses that you can actually melt, uh, right. I feel that like it's not gonna make that that big of a difference. Like it's, it's gonna work for AdClear, clear and it's gonna work for for boss damage if if it's like a nukable boss.
0: For sure. Well, yeah, I, I really,
2: yeah. Sorry. I think like that gives tree storm caller more like lethality and PvP. I'm always with because that's my yeah. That's my always my go to subclass. So that's what I was in D1 and then D2. I actually kind of got like some fundamental changes to the class, but you know, yeah, it is so.
0: What's the what's your normally what's like your default exotic when you're using uh storm dancer in um in PvP? In Stormcaller? Or, or did I say Storm Click Dancer? It's it's for That's all good. Yes, for Stormcaller, um, kinda what's your default? I I like don't take Ophidians off, so Okay. Okay.
2: I just like with the quick draw nurse, like you kinda have to if like you're playing a good team, if you don't
0: have some kind of quick draw exotic on, you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. So you think this will intrigue you to use something else or are you gonna like put this um, on when you're gonna use your super and then swap back to Ophidian we'll just have to see like I'll definitely
2: give it a try and play with it okay but maybe for like sixes yeah but like again if I'm like trials which probably won't happen and I play like a really good team or something and you know they're already in quick draw exotics or quick shot shoddies, then I'm probably gonna have to run it yeah that's fair yeah. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal in threes, like trials, because, you know, you're not getting many kills anyways in a round. But I think sixes, it could be, it could be pretty nasty. Cool. Yep.
1: One thing I did notice, and uh, I would love to hear what you think about this, Will, because I, I remember in the previous episodes, I talked about how a lot of these high-end content, especially for PvE, and, and both PvE and PvP, sorry, uh, for PvP, it was more about, like, you know, Chaos Reach being extremely aggressive, and then for PvE GMs, we're relying on things like Ursus and Phoenix Protocol and being more defensive. And I feel like a lot of these changes, actually, uh, once that I, you know, looked at them, like, overall, seems like they got nerfed a bit, like the aggressive ones for PvP, but these defensive ones got nerfed for PvE. So they're they're trying to get, you know, rid of our orsas and our whales and and give us more aggressive um you know options for for gms and, and things like that so it's kind of funny because i feel like i'm definitely gonna try to be more aggressive on pv content now
2: i personally don't think that geomags are an aggressive exotic i mean most of the people at random would just wait for their super and then run into a wall but, but I'm, I'm i'm with you on like the defensive supers i'm kind of okay with it though because like and the same thing. Every GM just gets kind of boring. I want to try new things, and I want things to be good too. So, no, I'm happy with all the changes.
0: Yeah, but but the storm
2: bracers are going to be sick. I'm going to try those
0: out. I so I I agree with you guys. It just I feel like with with the nature of of GMs, like you're always going to have to play passively to a certain degree because of just how squishy you are. Like so, I I'm glad that they're making it like we'll say less easy because yeah, it's certainly something like Ursas where you could just almost immediately always get your super back. Um, seemed a little busted, but it's like I I don't see myself necessarily using more aggressive um supers in in GMs. I'm just going to be looking at more like okay, well, what's the next best passive exotic or defensive exotic that's going to be like the most utility. Um, you know, for playing defensively, like I still think that that's going to be the play for for GMs. Like that's that's my opinion. But I feel like I feel like this doesn't necessarily solve anything until they until GMs don't like have you get one shot by everything. I don't think that it solves anything.
2: I think that's more of like a GM fundamental problem than yeah, our exotic issue. I think GMs need to be a little bit reworked, if not all the way reworked.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's some rooms, like for example, the the tank room, last season in proving grounds. Like, I guess the easy way to do it in the end was two horses and yep. a, and and a chaos reach, right? That yep. was like that's the easiest way to do it, and it worked for most people. Like most people that cleared it, cleared it that way. Uh, even I cleared that way a couple of times. And it, and it was, you know, a, a steady run. Like, you were not going super fast, but you knew that you were going to survive and get through it. And I remember one time we had, like, one run where a guy didn't have the Ursa. So we ended up with, like, a Stasis Warlock, a Chaos Reach, and one Ursa. That was up half the time. And it was tough. It, like, we were... I, I, would, I would say that one of us was, like, really good, and then there was, like, the other guy and me who are decent. And, damn, like, it was tough. We got it through, and it was super fun. But at the same time, like, if that's the kind of difficulty that we're going to get, you know, going forward, I'm expecting, like, people who couldn't clear, you know, Glassway this season or any other, like, really hard gym. Like, yeah, I I think they're, in a way, also raising the bar because it's not going to be as easy as, as it was or as it is this season, for sure.
0: Okay so you' so you're thinking they're they're trying to kind of raise the ceiling a little bit on actually yeah, I think how many a lot people... Of people
1: cleared them now like last season i I felt that it was less uh the amount of people that actually were able to clear all of them yeah like, of course, everybody was doing arm dealer and whatever, which is expected right not every g m has to be extremely hard, but some of them were, and this season like the same thing happened. I saw people who even got five clears and they're still missing Glassway, and You know the people who already cleared class with like me like yeah maybe i can jump in and try to help people i'll give it two or three runs i'm not gonna stay there like 10 hours because i already have it so i don't have the incentive to do it anymore right and uh and they can't do it and so i just feel like once it gets to that point where like these you know fallback defensive ones like the whale has been nerfed and the horses are going to get nerfed and all these things like it's gonna raise that bar from like nobody cared about GMs to like some people are clearing GMs to like this season, like almost everybody's clearing some GMs. So right. next is being back to like okay, maybe you can clear one or two, or maybe three, but unless you are, you know, good at PVE, then, then you're actually gonna have a hard time. Because proving grounds without Orsa's and uh, and chaos reach and stuff was pretty tough uh when we did it with, with one Orsa. Right. So I'm assuming, like proving grounds with no Ursus and and you know and no wells and and things like that. Like and and it's like, you know, echoing what you said. It's just the way it's made. It's made to play a certain way, and so they give us this puzzle. We solve it, and and these are pieces that we put put forward, and so now these pieces are like soft par. So yeah, come up with different things.
0: Yeah, I so and this is obviously not a completely true statement. But like you brought up Proving Grounds from last season, which I I I played that strike many different ways with many different groups. And the only I think the only times that I consistently made it to the end were with two Ursa Titans. Um and it and we've kind of talked about this before, like, and it's not quite the same thing, but when you're playing certain game modes that can PvP and it it feels like sometimes certain exotics are like that's the only option that you have. It's it's kind of unfortunate that it feels like right now with certain GMs and I know this is not a true statement. Like you you can have some of the best people use any loadout that they want and still do well. But I'm trying to kind of make like a generalized statement for let's say a large majority of the population who, you know, plays this in a in a casual sense versus like a a hardcore all day, everyday aspect. But it feels really unfortunate when you kind of feel forced to play a very specific loadout for that GM and it kind of takes away that agency to the player and I again, you can find edge cases where some guy will like i can do uh I can do proving grounds with a a, a queerest titan um and you know and like I'll be totally fine with that, but to the average group, it seems like you have to use Ursa Titans for proving grounds, and that's just kind of like. Unfortunate because like when I first went in trying to play as a hunter, I found it difficult to find anyone that would want me to play with them because like they were basically suggesting that I was hindering the team because yeah. of of what I was doing. So, yeah, I, I, we'll we'll see how it pans out. I I, I kind of get the feeling that the uh, Corrupted strikes probably going to be a GM this upcoming season, and that'll probably uh, not bode well for some people because I think that is regarded to be kind of the most difficult GM. Um, and with some of these these nerfs uh, to to some of the exotics, that uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, so um, I so the next thing I kind of want to talk about. So we'll we'll also talk about warmind cells because um, I realize that maybe that is kind of a, a topic to to discuss um, some of the changes made to some of the other exotics. So like bombardiers, um, precious scars, iceful mantle, verities brow, the stag, things like that. Uh, one thing that I noticed is that it feels like with some of these, they're kind of leaning into uh, elemental identity, we'll call it uh, a little bit, in the sense that, like, some of these, uh, so Verity's Brow is a really good example of that, where uh, charged, or it's, so it's changed to trigger when you get a weapon kill that matches your subclass energy type. So um, we've talked about this also uh, quite a bit before. And I don't know if I totally like this yet because I feel like we haven't actually completely covered the spectrum of all different weapon archetypes having all elemental damage types. And it feels kind of unfortunate that some of these uh, exotics now feel like you're forced to play with certain elemental weapon types when maybe you don't necessarily like the archetypes that are available in that, that area. And uh this is definitely something where like I get why they're doing it because again it 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 makes that exotic feel a little more exotic, like oh, if I'm playing, you know, a void uh warlock that I'm going like all into void and like everything that I've got is all void related. Um and so there's that aspect of it. And then I did see someone posted something on Reddit where they made an argument of like, well, this actually just gives osmosis. Uh, a little more time to shine because now you can make your kinetic weapon match whatever your elemental type is after you you chuck a grenade, um, but now it feels like you're forced to use a weapon with osmosis, and so like the weapon's only half as good because you're losing one of those perks just so you can kind of have it synergize with your exotic. So I would say in general, it kind of seems like it's it's giving more uh identity to like actually making builds and having everything kind of work around your exotic and have all the weapons kind of feed into that in some capacity but it also does feel like it's kind of restricting because at a fundamental level we don't necessarily have all elemental weapons and all archetypes yet so what are your guys thoughts on that
1: I like osmos sometimes. I feel like if you have a Warlock with a lot of Discipline, it works out kind of, you know, pretty well, because usually Discipline is a high stat for Warlocks as well. I just don't know how it would be for other uh, classes. So I kind of agree with that. At the same time, I do feel like build making is extremely interesting in this game. And so this, like, level of complexity that is coming through, It's a good thing in a way, because I think it stops like there will always be like a cookie cutter, you know, guy to like put this on and that's it, you're good. But I think for the guys who want to, you know, dive deep into like making a a build, uh, this is a good step. So I I like it. I think it's good, especially if they are going to switch the lights of classes to kind of how uh, Stasis works. I feel like this is going to tie in uh, really well with that. Because you're going to have like some variety, even in between. Like, If, if Void were to work as, as Stasis works, and your Void Warlock was different than my Void Warlock, Either, even if we were on the same super, you know, having the same Exoticon, we would still play different. Right. We would still be playing to achieve different things or to trigger different things in our own build. So I think that's a that's a good move.
0: Okay. What about you, Will? Like, I just
2: are we really getting like a light subclass change though? Or, are these the subclass changes that we're seeing right now? Because there's, there's been a couple changes that we've seen, but like, are we getting something bigger well, this I, fall or later? I
0: Yeah, I think I think I could be wrong. I, I should probably try to find the article before I I eat my words. Um, but I think they were they basically have been discussing the idea of restructuring the light subclasses to a similar manner in the way that the the stasis subclasses right now. Okay. The, that's like some it, that's something further down the road but it is something that I think that they're looking at.
2: Yeah, I hope we get some kind of rework. It's just like it's not there's just not a whole lot that the light subclasses offer like in variety, you know, because like the stasis ones you can can match like so many different right um let's see and fragments that give you like a there's literally like a playstyle for every single thing you want to do in PvE and PvP with Stasis. So I really do hope we get something along the lines of that. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't do- want to... Sorry, go for it. Sorry. I was going to say, like, I don't want to have to do fragments and aspects for every class, though.
0: Yeah, all I don't... I can't imagine that they would make us, like, literally, like, re-earn all of our subclass, like, abilities. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if they would just dump it all at once. I think... I think if they were to do it, they would probably do one like elemental type at a time. Like first we'd get solar rework and then we'd get arc and then we get void. Um, I, I don't think they would do all three for all three classes all at once. Cause that just seems like a balancing nightmare. Um But uh yeah, I, I definitely, I, and this is another one of those, like, I think because we had more agency in D1 um, I think that that, still stands as one of the more interesting ways to do it. Uh, I know a lot of people make the argument that it's like, well, there was only a handful of permutations that most people would play anyway. Um, but I, the fact still remains like the, having that ability to choose whatever you wanted and being able to kind of experiment with however you wanted, uh, I think was a kind of a big jumping from D1 to D2 was kind of an unfortunate change. I get why they did it. They made it so you could balance everything a lot easier. Uh, and 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 I, I will say some of the changes that they've made to uh, some of the subclass trees over the years have been very very cool. Like I remember when Shadowkeep came out and uh, Nightstalker got the huge overfall uh, with I think top tree and like had it be much more of like a, a team player mechanic and gave like the super uh, the ability to do a heck of a lot more damage. Like all of those changes have been good overall. And 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 that kind of demonstrates why having these fixed subclasses can be helpful. But I agree with you fundamentally, Will, that yeah, like the what you can do with the stasis subclasses of like how you can you can choose a certain playstyle and, and build completely around it in PvE and PvP is just so cool. Uh and I think I think that the the light subclasses are in a, a dire need for that kind of overhaul at some point. I agree. And Shadow Dive is still
2: obnoxious to play it against, really
0: kind so. of is i i every once in a while I'll put it on i'm like wow this is kind of dirty like nice it needs
2: to be obliterated or just remove it all together at this point like and... yeah <laughs> such a pain be point like cool? it's been nerfed oh, like I'll 10 be times better.
1: like just give it some sort of cooldown or something they can do it all the time that's
2: right oh well, i mean even then, like the the radius that you can get killed at is just absurd it's ridiculous yeah so... yeah that's true i mean that's that's a different problem on its own but you know i I just want to see some more like variety with the the light subclasses and like in depth and building and stuff like that because i really hope they don't do it one season at a time because then like that one subclass is going to be op or not op but like right you know what i'm saying like everybody's going to use it it's going to you know it's gonna get really stale and if we have to wait three months for any kind of new rework to the other ones that i want to use then it's going to be kind of
0: so it's it's coming back to me i so I want to say that it was an article with Luke Smith um, where they were interviewing him. And I think one of the things that they had kind of discussed again, let me find this article while we're kind of having the next part of the conversation. Cause I want to make sure that I actually am, you know,
2: right.
0: talking about it. but I do want to say that he said that one of the things that if they were going to do this subclass overhaul uh, that certain supers might go away because they wanted they wanted some of the light subclasses to have kind of their unique identity that they had in D1. So the idea was, well, we could get this, but unfortunately, like void warlocks were gonna lose um uh what's this um what's the super that's got handheld supernova? The middle tree. Basically, they'd lose the middle tree super because that kind of broke Nova yeah, Nova Warp, that it kind of broke the the archetype that they always kind of envisioned. Uh, void warlocks having and that basically we would go back to having just nova bomb being the super but there might be variants to it like where we might get like lance back or the one where it splits into three uh or something like that but basically some of the some of the kind of unique parts like gunslinger might lose like throwing knives uh and and their super their middle tree super and that it'll go back to having just the golden gun variants um because because basically that was we'll call it like maybe kind of a compromise where we got these new supers with Forsaken that kind of broke the mold of each of these subclasses. But as a result, it also kind of broke the original like vision, if you will, for what those super identities were supposed to be um, in, in kind of replacement of, of uniqueness. And so if they were to kind of go back, if they were to restructure it and make it more like stasis, that you might end up actually losing some of those supers as kind of a, a, a trade off for it because mm-hmm. it, so, so, yeah, let me let me verify that. Let me find that article. Um, no, but I understand.
1: So it was like a different level. So it was like if now we have the the. You will have three supers for Stasis, basically, plus all the stuff underneath that changes. You know, the grenade and and what the grenade does, what the melee does, all these things. But you would right. still have like three different supers on the top, which we don't on Stasis. So if right. we were to change those directly as how stasis works we would have to choose only one super and keep that well they would have to choose one super and keep yeah. that. yeah they have all the stuff
2: underneath it like on a layer
1: yeah okay that that makes sense yeah i i, I see what you're saying
2: do you remember the um g one hammers taking king
0: oh yeah yeah when they were like you could, like, you could throw could, about like, 100 could, per, like a hundred of them. Yeah, and they they could eat like two golden gun shots. Like, yeah, they were, yeah, they were so stupid. Or
2: like when Shade Step didn't have a cooldown, he could literally just Shade Step all over the place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So I I did find it. It's a Polygon article from uh, December 2020. So it was like after Stasis came out, and yeah, it's with Luke Smith and. Uh, yeah, so he basically there isn't a planned release date for updated Arc Solar and Void Supers, but on a long enough timeline, it's something uh, Luke Smith is passionate about. Um, and yeah, he said he explained that the all the the subclasses Hunter, Warlock, and Titan are kind of homogenous, and he noted that revisiting the super systems uh, for these classes could provide a chance to hone them. And that's kind of where he talked about like a lot of the tight or a lot of the Supers kind of feel samey now. Uh, and that it would be idea of like you know having each of them kind of feel back to their kind of intended design. So it's a polygon article. It's pretty interesting. Uh you can find it pretty easy. I and it it's funny like we're i t- I'm I'm asking or pretending like this is not a big deal. Like a bunch of people made videos kind of discussing because yeah basically you said we'd be losing some of the supers that we've gotten over the years. Um so didn't they say, like, they there was, like, one specific subclass
2: that they kind of set the bar at, like, they want to bring everything up to? I forget what it was, but was, like, tree Golden Gun, they said, is exactly, like, where they want subclasses to be? I think so. I think so. Bottom tree Nova or something? Yeah. Bottom tree Nova is tragic right now, though, so.
0: Okay, That's yeah, not... so 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 this is, yeah, this is what I, I was looking for. So Luke Smith said, it's much easier for me to look at Nova Bomb and say, Nova Bomb is, like, IP-defining, right, uh, said Smith. It's IP-defining super, get rid of Nova Warp, but in that case... Smith is talking about a classic warlock ability, Nova Bomb, and comparing it to a mediocre PvP-only Super Nova Warp. Uh, cutting Nova Warp might hurt some fans, but it's generally pretty safe. More people like Nova Bomb than Nova Warp. For other subclasses, though, the decision wouldn't be as easy. So there you go. So right, uh, yeah. So that that was very much a conversation, and and it it will probably be some kind of restructuring at some point. Um Will it be exactly kind of the way Stasis is with Aspects and Fragments? I don't know. Um, But it is definitely something that's intriguing. Yeah. So. Uh, well, Robby, you want to talk
2: about Warmind
0: Cells? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Warmind Cells. So yeah.
1: actually talking about uh, articles, basically. Like, I don't know how many other like MMOs you guys play. And yeah, I'm going to bunch Destiny into MMOs because I feel like it deserves it. I think a lot of people don't consider it one, but it actually is in a lot of ways. And a big conversation that's been going on lately is about something called parasitical design. And that's basically just like a super short thing is uh, when games started to have seasons in between expansions, like the expansions would come up with a system, kind of like you said, they would bring out a new super or something. And that was meant to stay forever, right? This expansion was going to bring something new as going to be a new a uh, link in the chain of how the mechanics of the game work that would work with other links, and they would, you know, feed into each other, and it was like a whole system working together with the game. But seasons, and a good and a bad thing about them, was that uh, creators were able to make these things called parasitical designs. That was like something that was only meant to work for that season, and then it kind of goes away. So you could do something crazy, and actually Bonji mentioned that uh, in that last article they, they brought up talking about warm mind cells. That was we didn't meant for warm mind cells to last forever. You know, we thought it was gonna be gone within a year or two or something like that. They said I, I don't wanna be quoted on this, but they said we didn't expect this to be there forever. So we made it insanely powerful. And and that's what parasitical design basically is. They made this system that doesn't really fit back into anything else. I think at some point they kind of tried, but it was too powerful. And it was just meant to be fun for a season or two or like an expansion. And that was it. But now it stayed there forever. So I think Warmind Cells being nerfed in a way, um, yeah, it kind of sad because, you know, they were so good. But I think that was the point. They were so good because they were never meant to stay here forever. So I don't know what you guys think about the nerves or, or how these you know, seasonal systems work. And what they add to the game in general.
2: So I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't run more mindset cell builds at all. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't even think I have all the mods. And second of all, like I don't really know how they work, so I don't really know what the full capability of them is and how it's gonna be without them next season. So I don't. I don't know. I, to me, like it's it doesn't really affect me because I never really used them in the first place. But then again, I knew they were super strong. But yeah. It's, I don't really have a. Opinion on it since I never really used them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've used them a handful of times, and this this kind of goes in when we were talking like like class builds, where like I I typically run a lot of like charged with light based stuff, um, and so I very rarely will throw on war Mine cell mods. I've done it before. I've I've done builds kind of completely around them, but I just absolutely cannot stand having to like completely shift all my armor around and I just I don't have like I guess we'll just call it the patience to even really care and so then I find myself having some like kind of jank setup where I don't even utilize half the mods that I have on because nothing's like built around anything and so I just I I don't use them um I get why people use them like they're really fun they do they do a heck of a load of damage some of the warmind weapons are pretty cool um and I like I get their utility I just I don't feel like putting them on every time that I feel like they're necessary so I definitely hurt myself as a result. Um but like I, th- we all saw this this nerf coming. I mean they even announced it a few months ago that they were definitely going to be doing something about warmind cell mods. Uh and I think it was very much like warranted. Um and I just like I- I'm not I'm not shocked by it cuz I I feel like charged with light mods at least most of them. Are in a relatively good place where, like, they they feel pretty balanced. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some edge cases that people have come up with some pretty nasty things that you can do with them, but they're not as like, I will say, like easy to utilize in all activities uh, as as something like the 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 war mind cell mods are, where you can just every four kills you just have a war mind cell and you just nuke everything on the in the the, the arena. Uh, it definitely kind of it needed to be a thing. So, I'm not yeah. shocked by it. Things like well, I, the warm mind cells don't have aim assist on console, right? Like
2: having to stop what you're doing, shoot that when you could just be running charge with light, which gives you you know automatic or whatever it is you're going for, whether it's like protective light or charge with light or whatever you know, right. you don't have to like think about it or like stop what you're doing to shoot something. I don't know. That's just my opinion though.
0: Yeah, no, no I agree. It's
1: what you're saying is just I think it's more like I, I use them a lot, right? I, I do a lot of like master lost sectors, solo, obviously things like that, or where I'm running like, you know, lowering content on my own and I just want to get it done fast. Like charged with light, I l- like where it is. I get h- why people use it. It's easy to proc, it's easy to have up. And most people just use high energy fire, which is kind of, I don't know, you get one kill on a red bar and it's gone. So that's right. why I don't like it. I-, I prefer to run protective light. And then there's people that like still, like and I, I had this conversation this week actually with someone who was running both high energy fire and protective light, and I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. So you're wasting your charges every time you kill a red bar, and then when you want the protective light, you don't have any charges. Right. So it's not doing anything for you, right? So so I think people don't understand it really well, and I think same thing happens with warm wind cells. And I, the problem is that warm wind cells can be like super complex. Like you can do the same thing with um, there's like a, a mod that every time there's mind Cells around, you take less damage from enemies that are near them. But it gives you also an extra advantage because it makes them glow red, so you right. can see them even easier. You know, there's there's suppression, so you can shoot the Warmind cell and just kind of, like, blind everything around in a whole room. Uh, Global Reach is just extremely powerful because it costs one energy, and, you know, if someone else like me is running Warmind Cells and you have just that one mod that costs one energy on, and you shoot one war mine cell, that's it. You blow everything up and, you know. So I think one of the things I heard a lot before was, uh, and I, and it fits into this Parasitical Design thing, is like only certain weapons used to, or were meant to make war mine cells. And then they brought the Seraph and then the Achilles, and, and that was it, right? But then they still drop now, and Sunset is gone, so these guns are staying. And I think that was one thing that maybe they were counting on. Like, even if they don't get rid of war mine cells, they would eventually get rid of the guns that make war mine cells, just because of sunsetting sun uh, weapons. But that's not happening now. So a lot of people were asking, "Well, now give me a mod maybe that makes other weapons uh, make war mine cells," which also I don't think is going to happen. But they did give us the void explosions this this season on the artifact, which I completely abused with my warlock. Like things like the Lester, you just kill like, I don't know, a couple of guys by not shooting at them, by shooting near them just to kill them with the explosions. And suddenly I have five war mine Cells on the ground, which that means that I can have one so that I take reduced damage. I can have uh, the other one to blow everything up, you know, and it just keeps going. And it's it's if you utilize it properly, you can do incredible things that I cannot do with charged with Light. And right. yeah, maybe for some other content, like when I'm doing GMs, I mostly definitely use um, protective light just because I feel like it's a, a must. Like I don't want to get, you know, sniped in one shot by, by a random drag somewhere. And warm Cells might be a bit harder to use just because of the nature of the content and having to, you know, hide behind corners and all these things. But for everything else, uh, especially on raids, mine cells and solo content, it was just too much. It's insanely powerful. And I feel that the nerf is good. But, yeah, I just think a lot of people don't understand them very well, how they work, how to proc them, how to use them in other ways other than just blowing things up. Because there's, like, definitely better uses for them there.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, they didn't nerf any of those mods. So I think that's, if anything, it'll, it'll, those people that have been using war mine cell mods might revisit kind of how they do everything. The unfortunate thing is aren't like a lot of the explosive ones are solar based on your armor, but like the protective ones are like void or arc based, right? So it's going to force people to like recast all of their armor pieces in a different elemental type. So I don't know. It's intriguing. Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's good that they, they did it. We all saw it coming. And yeah, I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, there's a lot of mods that were just never touched. Um, but I think that's part of it because the, the explosive ones were just so powerful that it's like, why would you run anything else? Um, exactly. Because even in GMs, you can right nuke now. everything. Yeah you, yeah, you could nuke everything.
1: That's, that's crazy. But I kind of agree with what you're saying right now. Like and I see it, and it's gonna sound a bit insane, but we've been using explosive payload and time payload for champions lately. I think everybody caught up to that lately, okay. and uh, bows are coming back next season for overloads with the right. explosive payload or time payload. It's gonna make it, you know as good as it was last season, actually. And uh, solar explosions, like and and mine cells. I think they The nerf is funny because, yeah, everybody's going to say, you know, they're not as useful anymore, but I actually feel kind of the opposite way. Like, we're just going to run them, like you say. Like, I don't care if I can not shoot the Warmind cell if I'm using, as I was using Protective Light, because everything near the Warmind cell is going to hit me for less, you know? So if I'm going to keep using these explosive payloads and, you know, create Warmind cells all around just for my own protection, you know, that, that might be a viable build next season. Yeah. Um, so I think it, the nerf is kind of good because it's going to make a lot of people consider them in a different light. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I I, I I think it'll be good. I think it's healthy for the game. Uh, and I think it, it moves people away from playing one specific playstyle. So I think it's good um the only
1: other issue and sorry i i don't want to drag this longer but like uh the only other issue now is the same thing like so if you're going to keep them around and not be so powerful because you want to stop this system from being so overpowered give us more guns and it comes back to what you said from before of like having to run specific energy types and weapons that maybe we don't have so but now if we're going to keep this system we should definitely see, and I hope we see more uh, weapons that can spawn cells.
0: Okay, yeah, definitely. I I think that's a maybe another conversation for another podcast that I think we should have. But I agree with you. Yeah, I think I think if they're going to be around, then there needs to be a new overhaul with new sets of weapons. So, all right. So let's talk about our last topic, uh, so we can wrap this up relatively soon. Uh, so, any hopes, uh, dreams? Uh, predictions for what we're going to get told uh, in terms of sandbox weapon changes for next season. Uh, Will, let's start with you.
2: Um, I want to see some kind of change to slugs. Uh, are they too too much Shock- range? Well, they're just, I just... don't. There's no difference between somebody slide shotgunning you and then somebody one-shot or body-shotting you and getting you one-shot and then finishing off in the melee or, you know, whatever, mapping you from 10 meters away with Chappie or something like that. But I, I don't know. I just, I want to see something change to slugs and then hope the fusion rework is ounces like Bastion shit like that right now. Cause the, that, that is oppressive and GLs. But as far as everything else, everything else feels pretty fine. Like I think 40s are in a good spot. 120s are in a good spot. i um, not going to change. It's tragic, but is what it is. I think snipers need to be addressed again. Flinch like, I I can't, I have no confidence in challenging a gunfight anymore, even if it's somebody who isn't like a good sniper, because it just, I feel like you hit, if you you flinch them, I think they're more likely to hit the shot than that, like them not getting flinched. So yeah, those are some things I like to see touched on
0: before we, uh, next season. Cool. What about you, Robbie?
1: I think the one that stood out for me was linear fusion rifles because they, they showed some of the mods that are going to be there next season, right? And fusion rifles and linear fusions are on the same one. And I feel like the cost of the mod is so high that it kind of reminds me of like what grenade launchers are now or what sniper rifles used to be. And unfortunately, the, the good roles I have on linear fusions are actually at clear. So like I will have things like, you know, Firefly and Outlaw. Uh, things like that. And I think the buff that they got was not enough to make them viable to, you know, boss damage or actually champion damage or things like that. So I'm kind of expecting a big bump for linear fusions again if that mod uh, is actually going to be, you know, useful at all.
2: Okay.
0: So you're talking like gonna... for PBE, correct? Yeah,
1: for
2: PBE.
0: Okay.
2: I want to touch on those really quick. What happened? Like, I thought those were supposed to be, like, to get this year or this season. Did, they, are they just
1: not good or I, yeah, I've never they used they them? Got both the,
2: they got both what, like 15%, except for yeah. the. Uh, Sleeper got
1: like a 25%. Point. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 16 actually. It was, they, they got both okay. twice. But then the problem was that even that one, it being exotic, it gets out dps by a legendary with Vorpal. Right. Which makes it, you know, a waste of an exotic. um So, and they, I think they wanted to get them kind of in part to what they did for rocket launchers. But it just didn't happen. Because since you have more ammo than you have on rocket launchers, and you can shoot faster than you have on rocket launchers, then yeah, it makes sense that it doesn't do as much DPS. But even with a full, uh, you know, like unloading all your ammo on a boss, it's still not going to do as much damage as a rocket launcher. So they still kind of, I mean, yeah, they got buffed, but they're still mostly for add clear. And and yeah, they they don't feel good at all in PvE. They're, They're really underwhelming.
2: That, that really sucks. <laughs> I yeah. thought this is gonna bring a new archetype that we could actually do some damage with. Aren't they one of those seasonal mods next season? Yeah, they are. We can exactly. talk about that next week. I don't want to a whole new conversation, but yeah, I just i they were gonna be better than what they are because I everybody told me don't use them,
0: so I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're just kind of meh. they're they there's stuff that just out out damages it still, but. Yeah. Uh, a- I will say though, like that this season has actually
2: given me like the first incentive to actually go after PvE weapons. I think like the, the PVE weapons we got this season were actually really cool and really good. Yeah. Like, they look cool too. Like the aesthetic and the theme, I really like that. So I hope we get more of that. Yeah. For sure. Do we do we even know when the next season's coming out? The twenty fourth.
0: I thought that was just a showcase. No, yeah, so it's, it's also the new seasons being released on the same day. They're gonna drop the showcase of the new season the same. No, time. I actually, the kind of showcase
1: like showcase for the next expansion.
0: Yeah,
2: correct. Yeah, so the I the show- mean, like feeling they're gonna show off the new season too, right? Uh,
0: yeah, they'll. because didn't they do that two or three seasons ago? Like the the day that they announced the next expansion, or the the day they previewed the next expansion is when a uh the the next season dropped, and they they didn't do any kind of that was um season of Arrivals. They didn't they didn't do any kind of like preview or trailer for it. They just dropped it the same day that like Beyond Light trailer came out or something like that. So I think they're they're just they're not going to really hint at what the season's about yet. Um, they're just going to, I think, just drop it the day. I'm actually I, OK with that. I like yeah, that a lot. I, I am, too, because then it doesn't it doesn't build up any expectations or like right. I, I can't I can't stand like reaction videos, that kind of stuff kind of makes me cringe a little bit so it's just like uh, super I, I love that like they they don't tell you anything and
2: then like it just drops and yeah you know it's yeah just, yeah i just, don't know just I'll let like you, just let people play it yeah no i i, I right. agree yeah
1: exciting tuesday yep. yeah it will be
2: so, so did, did you guys see that um content creators got this like mysterious like crank box that plays in song i think so i heard about that oh yeah yeah i saw that cool. yeah cool though Twenty the twenty fourth is going to be insane. We should have like an episode dedicated towards that. We should, yeah,
0: because that's going to be have one The next, the next expansion. It. Oh yeah, because I'm sure they're going to show a lot of stuff. So we're going to have a lot of content to talk about. Definitely. No, oh. so I'm excited. So, all right. Uh, I guess in terms of what I'm hoping for, I know I don't think the the buffs to scout rifles and hand cannons in PVE are coming this season, um, but I'm holding out. Like that's that's what I'm hoping for is I would just like to see a little more utility of those weapons of PVE, but, um, you know, I, but I they, think they are coming next season. Are they? Yeah.
2: Yeah. They came out and said scouts and hand cans are all getting buffed and LMGs.
0: Yeah. But did they say it was actually going to be this next season or if that's
2: just on their radar? That was like, they, they gave stats for like what, what was coming out next season.
0: Maybe you're right maybe you're right i'm pretty sure i, I think I'm Well, I'm
1: sure. the, the trial for weapons is going to be next
2: thursday
0: yeah but the act like the actual numbers and all that yeah but i will is a right? couple weeks
2: ago i think yeah. that they came out and said that that stuff is getting buff, which is gonna be super cool because like, hung jerry is gonna be my baby next season
0: right yeah i'm excited about that and a couple other things so
2: the uh, yeah. fate bringer if i can actually get my hands on one
0: <laughs> and i'm i in just in general i'm excited that uh, fusion rifles are going to become a champion mod, uh, so they'll give it a chance to to shine. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Did so, cool. anyone have any go backs? Anything they want to talk about?
1: No, just uh, <laughs> really. looking forward. Honestly, like I'm super excited for next season, and uh, seems to be like a lot of changes. So that's going to be pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm both dreading and happy about how things are gonna turn out.
0: Yeah. I'm but I'm hoping cross play will be good. That's that's what I'm also yeah, I, excited about. Same.
2: And then like hope it's just not a long slog between now and whenever the next expansion is gonna come out because that's all yeah. we have a lot of time, you know. Yep. Yep. So I mean we got almost seven, eight months until the next expansion drops. Maybe not that much, but yeah, I, I just hope we have some kind of good filler content in between. It's not going to get boring after, you know, a month. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the show and hopefully tune in next week for the return of Scotty and he's he's moving this week so he'll tell us all about it. Uh, and until Northwest. then... <laughs> exactly. And until then... Uh, thanks for every listening and everyone have a great week.
1: Thank you. Ciao.
2: Questions, comments, or something else you want to say? Email us at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description.